0: Welcome to Small Acts of Living, a podcast that helps you find balance using Ayurveda. Welcome to episode two. Today, I wanted to explore what I meant in the first episode by dosha. So if you listen to episode one, I talked about vata and pitta and being the classic vata that I am, With absolutely no planning behind this podcast, I dived straight in and then realized that actually I need to explain what those are. So I'm gonna start by talking about what an actual dosha is and what it means. And then I'm gonna do a bit of a deep dive on vata. Ayurveda really brings these concepts of microcosm and macrocosm together. They are completely interlinked. And that's because in the macrocosm, which is the wider world around us, everything is made up of the five elements. So that's air, space or ether, fire, water and earth. And we also have a mixture of those elements within us as well. And depending on what is happening in the macrocosm, those balance of elements within us can shift too. So say for example, it's the height of summer and we're sunbathing under the glorious sun. We're probably more likely to have the fire element that's dominating at that time. Whereas in winter or autumn when there's loads of air and lots of wind and colder temperatures we're more likely to have air and ether within our bodies. So when people ask me what is my dosha, what they're actually asking is what is my fault, because dosha translates as fault. And it basically means that whichever dominating elements we have within us make up our dosha. So we might have more air and ether, we might have more fire and water, or we might have more earth and water. whichever the dominating element is that is technically our dosha and that which is probably the most likely to push us out of balance so whatever your dominating element is you always need to make sure you're keeping that element in check in your daily life before I dive into what Vata dosha is I wanted to talk about the concept of dosha and where it comes from and how to sort of know which yours is and how it's formed so basically dosha is your state and this is divided into two ways of looking at it you have your vikriti which is your current state and by that i mean the current balance of elements as they are in your body right now today and then you have your prakriti which is your natural original state Now your vikriti is, like I said before, really dependent on what's going on, your age, your lifestyle, what foods are you eating, what the temperature is outside, whereabouts you're living, what kind of stress you're under, whereas your prakriti is your original state. And by that, I mean, at the moment of conception by your parents, your prakriti was developed. And the cool thing is, is that our prakriti is, because it's how we were naturally born, it means it's our naturally balanced state, so it's what we always achieve to come back to, because it's how we naturally are, and that is determined by the vitality of your parents at the time of conception. So let me give you an example. Um, when I was when I was conceived, my mum uh, was an air hostess for British Airways, so she, as a result of flying, she had a lot more air and ether in her body because. Flying in a plane increases those elements within us. My dad was working really hard in the city and he probably had a lot of pitta or fire activity going on within him, which means that I popped out as a little combination of vata-pitta. And actually I have two sisters and we are all fluctuating combinations of those two doshas, so vata-pitta, depending. And sometimes in summer I might be more pitta-vata but at the moment currently I'm more Vata bitter. But that's just to explain and I find it really fascinating that our parents have such an impact on what our constitution is and you know you when you really think about it you can really you really make sense like when you think okay what was my mum doing what was my dad doing and then you kind of piece together those parts of the puzzle and it really helps you understand a bit more about where you came from and how your personality and your being was formed. So this concept dosha is really unique to ayurveda and it's a really really great tool that we can use to help us stay in balance so as the macrocosm like i said before shifts around us you know as the seasons turn from spring summer autumn winter we too have to shift at the same time to make sure that the elements within us are counterbalancing those outside and by that i mean For example, in winter, right now, when it's really cold, we don't want to be eating cold foods or having cold smoothies or drinking cold water because that's gonna aggravate the air and ether elements within us. Instead, what we need to be doing is having warm foods like soups, stews, curries, all that kind of thing, like warm teas, warm milky date drinks that basically reduce the air and ether within us and increase the fire element, which is what we need at this time of year conversely in summer when it's boiling maybe our digestions are a bit weaker and actually it's a little bit more okay to eat slightly lighter foods and you don't necessarily want to be having loads of chili loads of spicy foods loads of heavy foods at that time of year so really we're kind of doing this amazing dance with the macrocosm and the world around us all the time we're always in tune and pivoting And ultimately that's what keeps us in balance. And that is what I love so much about Ayurveda because it's so simple, yet we sort of don't always think about that. And it's such an effective way to maintain balance. Vata types are the kind of people who are really enthusiastic, full of ideas, really spontaneous. Um, They love to be on the move, constantly doing new things being in different places, um, engaging in deep conversation. They can often quite be the sort of life and soul of a party, but equally they're the ones who get extremely depleted and need to recoup and take the most care of themselves. I think that the easiest way to explain Vata is to firstly talk about air and ether and then talk about the qualities of air and ether and how they relate to every aspect of a Vata constitution. So air and ether are naturally cold, and they are light and dry and rough and subtle and mobile, which are all the qualities of vata. And what's fascinating is that we can link the qualities of these elements to the qualities of our personality, our body, our digestion, the kind of jobs we like, the kind of things that interest us, how we are in our day-to-day life. Every single thing is linked to the qualities of these elements. So if we talk about the light quality, So Vata types usually have quite a light body frame. Um, It's quite difficult for them to put on weight. And they're kind of the types that usually have like spindly muscles and sort of sticking out collarbones and um, protruding sort of hip bones, that kind of thing. They're also quite light sleepers as well. So they quite often have insomnia or they wake up very easily. And they're really drawn to eat light food. So they're always a type that having salads or nuts or snacking on little bits and pieces throughout the day. They tend to rarely want to have a sort of big, heavy meal. It's really interesting because my teacher, Dr. Deepika, gave us an animal for each constitution. And Vartas is a bird, and it makes so much sense because if you think about how delicate and fragile and, and light a little bird is, and little birds are always nibbling on seeds and they're always flying to the top of the tree because they want to be the highest and the lightest. And that's a bit what Vata types are like. So they always want to be free like a bird, constantly on the move going high like they're very attracted to movement and actually if they don't move very much then they can get quite rigid and stiff so it is good for vatas to move but they also tend towards an excess of movement which can cause them problems down the line so like i said this lightness they're very addicted to this light feeling if we go back to the qualities the dry and the rough qualities of air and ether that translates in the body as dry Usually wavy hair, um, and the waviness comes from that movement of the air within them, and it's kind of curling their hair. So if you imagine their hair is also almost trying to travel further and further up, and you know they can also feel quite dry emotionally sometimes, a bit sort of like dead behind the eyes sometimes. Probably if they've overexerted themselves, dry or rough skin, they can get constipation. So if we if we listen to or if we look at sorry the um, the quality of cold. So vatas are usually the people who are always cold. They'll be wearing four jumpers, two pairs of socks, whilst everybody else is kind of in a t-shirt. They're always a little bit cold, cold hands and feet, and they're really attracted to the warmth. So, I mean, I personally used to be a massive sunbather. I've I've chilled out in that front now, but I used to love being in the sun so much. Just that feeling of that lovely natural warmth going down into your bones was so heavenly for me because I was always cold and so yeah they're the types who love cozy jumpers, fireplaces, kind of getting under the duvet and just getting all warm and cozy. That is like Avata's heaven. And yeah they're really sensitive to the cold weather so like if for example if my ears are exposed to the cold, if my neck is exposed to the cold, if my head's exposed to the cold I can get really ill quite quickly. So um, they're very sensitive to cold weather particularly in those areas and yeah let's explore the mobile quality now so just like air kind of blows through space Vartas are like always on the move so you know whether they're running or dancing or multitasking or fast walking or spinning or traveling they're constantly on the go and it's it does make me laugh because i so relate to this and they're the type of people who will look at the week ahead book in a plan every single day, multiple plans. And actually, when it comes down to it, they're so over-exhausted that they can't maintain the energy. They quite often have, like, bursts of really intense energy and then they feel completely depleted. So although Vata types really excel when they have this change of atmosphere and they're travelling and they're being spontaneous, they also need to keep that in check because it can really exhaust them. I also remember when I used to work in an office, I would get so my back would ache, I'd be like moving around in my chair, like I can't be here. As I kept on looking out the window, like honestly, like I was a little bird trapped inside. And um, I really felt like I needed to get out, you know, I'd always go for long walks at lunchtime or couldn't wait to leave at 5.30 because for me, being in a space, a contained space for eight hours a day was so aggravating for me. And I was never able to sit still in my chair, always had like really bad joint pain, and it's really interesting to think about it, because actually, although I was doing a creative job, was doing creative copywriting, I still felt like just sitting there and knowing that I was forced to sit there was actually really aggravating my Vata. So it's really interesting how our environment can affect us. So now, moving on to the subtle quality. This is a really fascinating one, because often Vata's energy moves up, just like everything else and as such, they can be real overthinkers and they can really over-analyse situations, which basically means they have a lot going on in their head. But it also means that they're really in touch with like subtler energies. So you might get some vata types who are actually quite clairvoyant or who can pick up on other people's energies really easily. And I definitely have this, like if I, if I meet someone, I immediately feel in my body how they're feeling. And it's a kind of sensitivity that is can be really amazing and can help you do jobs like become a therapist or whatever you want to do but it also is something that you have to be wary of because you can quite easily take on other people's emotions but generally this kind of subtle quality means that you're really highly intuitive as a barter you're very creative and you have this like really active imagination this kind of active fantasy life So you might be walking down the street, and by the time you've got to where you're going, you've thought of multiple ideas, you've had visions of things, you've sort of come up with creative things. it's, It's like your mind is constantly on the go, which is really amazing and it means that you can you are really good at creative jobs you can excel in in the arts and theatre and you know even roles like yoga teaching or being a teacher of some kind or like a safe space holder or a community leader those are all really good jobs for vata even something like a a travel guide or something would be or a tour guide would be good for vata Um, but anything that kind of is a job where you're sort of on the move being expressive and helping people is is really really perfect for vata Other qualities that I just wanted to talk about that I think are quite relevant for Vata is this sense of irregularity. Vata types find it really hard to maintain a routine and they're quite messy and I'm absolutely speaking for myself here. Um, Anyone that's like shared space with me knows that I find it really difficult to be tidy. And, you know, even with this podcast, for example, I kind of decided I wanted to do a podcast, didn't have any planning, I went straight into it. Whereas if I was let's say a pitotype. I would have mapped out the entire content plan I would have made sure that every episode was perfect but for me I think oh I just go for it and that's so telling of like that vata sort of personality just throw yourself in and just go for it and you know don't make a plan don't write a script just just chat but this irregularity also means that it's quite difficult to maintain a routine and that's something that vata types really really need to stay grounded you know quite often vata people will rush out the house eat on the go forget to eat then stuff themselves because they're starving you know sort of jump from one plan to the next and then feel freezing and depleted and this is so vata and yeah their appetite is also really irregular so one time they might be absolutely starving and the next oh they could quite happily skip lunch so this sort of sense of irregularity is, is really, really dominating in Vata types. I guess it's a bit like the wind, you know, the wind kind of picks up and then it goes down again and then it kind of blows again. So it's still relating back to those elements and how they move and interact. One other irregular thing about Vartas is their mood. So Vata types can be, they can have really fluctuating moods. So one minute they can feel really down, depressed, the next totally fine, upbeat, onto the next idea. So in a way it's a good thing because Vata types are less likely to have long-term or quite deep-set depression because they can quite easily snap back out of that mood. Um, But it does mean that they can be a little bit unstable. But also another quality that's interesting is their ability to hold. So Vata types are when they're actually a bit out of balance, they can sometimes really, really hold. And by that, I mean, they can hold onto emotions, they can hold onto experiences. They can often have this deep sadness about things, nostalgic feeling of whether it's attachment to people or they have this real sense of like deep emotion. And sometimes they can find it really hard to let go. And I so relate to this as well, especially in terms of relationships, finding it really, really difficult to let go. And in the body, you can also see that as constipation. You know, the body is literally physically holding on to the stool. And like I said, if, if a vata is out of balance, they can get very rigid. So it's this sense of like tension and holding. And that can that's really prominent in vata as well. Another really interesting concept with vata is this sense of malaise. And it's quite often mentioned when people talk about vata constitution. But I wanted to try to describe it so that you could relate to it and see if it if it means anything to you. Because for me, it was really, it was really dominating in my day to day life when I wasn't when I wasn't feeling balanced. And usually, this sense of malaise would happen between four a.m. and six a.m., and then again at four p.m. to six a- six p.m. And that's actually ironically because within those times, vata is most predominant in the world outside us. So therefore, the qualities of air and ether are going to be more prominent within us at those same times and I'll talk about all of that the i clock and stuff in a different podcast but it's really fascinating but basically I would kind of if I was not in a balanced Vata state I would wake up and just feel this sense of kind of a rush of like just an uneasy feeling and when it gets to sort of 4pm sometimes I can get really cold and shivery and sort of crave something warm whether that's a cup of tea or a hot shower or even like a hug or like physical affection. What's fascinating about this is that I thought this was just a thing that I experienced, but having done consultations with Vata constitutions, I realized that actually, we're all experiencing the same thing. And it's this kind of this sense of malaise. And so malaise kind of means in the Vata context, just this feeling of like uneasiness and a sense that you need comfort and you need safety at that particular moment whether that's like a hug from your partner or like I said something warm and comforting but just keep an eye out and see see if you're experiencing that too because I felt like that was a real telltale sign that my vata sort of needed grounding or warming at that moment. Now in Ayurveda there's a concept like attracts like and what that means is that The more air and ether we have in us, the more air and ether we start craving and it becomes almost an unhealthy, or what in Ayurvedic terms they call a perverted craving, which basically means the body is trying to get even more out of balance. So for example, if a vata type is stressed out, then they will crave dry and crunchy foods they'll be scrolling on Instagram, they'll be talking to five different people at once, they'll be um, like coming up with loads of different ideas but then forgetting them and dropping them and moving on to the next, playing loud music and stimulating themselves even more. So it's really funny if I'm, I'm feeling really Vata, I notice it because I'll immediately want to play like techno. I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm like, oh, it's because I'm feeling really Vata. The more light and airy foods and routines that a vata is doing aggravates vata so for example if a vata person eats salads smoothies dry crackers rivetas, oat cakes drink loads of oat milk has coffee all these all these uh, foods and, and drinks aggravate the, the air and ether within us so it increases vata So for example, say you wake up in the morning and you have a dry cracker, you have a really strong coffee with oat milk, you go for a run in the cold, in the wind, you get home, I don't know, maybe you have a cold shower, not that anyone really does that, but let's say that you have a cold shower after doing that, or maybe you would do actually. And then maybe for lunch they have a salad with nuts, you know, a a bit of a dry salad, everything's cold. And then they might, be sort of really active and running up and down and doing lots of different things, and and then maybe for dinner they're also having something cold, and you know, or they're forgetting to eat, or rushing out the house, or doing a million things at once. Then the air and ether are running riot in the body at that time, and. Unfortunately for Vata types, even though I have to say I feel like we're the cool ones because we're, well, I'm very biased here, but we're creative and we're like spontaneous and energetic and we can quite often be like the life and soul, like I said, but unfortunately for Vata types, 80% or something like 80% of the diseases are aggravated by Vata, which means our bodies can become quite frail and depleted really quickly and we have to be the ones to really take the most care out of ourselves because we're the ones who can suffer the most. Like I said before I know I'm jumping around but hey this is a classic Vata podcast so it's actually a very good demonstration of what Vata types are like but Vata is really active in the mind like I said before and often it can mean that we have really stimulating dreams like really imaginative there's so many things happening we're going from social parties and then we're in the middle of a landscape and then we're doing one thing and the next and um, Vata types always remember their dreams and actually I remember when I was younger I used to have nightmares all the time I would always always have nightmares and I just thought that was normal for me I thought oh, I must just always have nightmares But since Ayurveda, I very, very rarely get nightmares because I've managed to control my vata. So if you are waking up in the morning feeling absolutely bummed out by your dream and you're probably having that sense of malaise, then if you follow Ayurvedic principles, I promise that gets so much better. So like I said before, the things that can imbalance vata consuming foods and drinks with too many similar qualities so that's cold dry crunchy rough foods and other things that can imbalance vata are too much movement so too much of that mobile quality too much stimulation too much alone time vatas are really social beings and if they spend too much time on their own that can really increase vata being in an overly controlled environment this is a really interesting one for vata children Quite often if a vata child is in a really strict environment, it can really aggravate vata. A bit like the example I used when I was in an office and I felt like I just wanted to wriggle and get out of my chair. Children who are particularly in their vata stage will find that quite difficult if they're in a really strict environment. Another thing that imbalances vata is holding in your natural urges. What I mean by that is if you need to sneeze, cry, fart, burp, yawn, you have to let it out. Because if you don't, it adds excess air to the body. I know I've spoken a lot about vata aggravation, but what exactly does it feel like to have vata aggravation in the body? This can show up in so many ways, all based around these dry qualities. So for example, it could be dry skin, dry hair, dry joints, so cracking, popping joints, or maybe even arthritis, joint pain, lower back pain, It could also be bloating or gas after meals because of the irregular appetite. It could be dehydration or weight loss or even constipation. The dry and lightness of the mind shows up as kind of dizziness or feeling ungrounded or restless. There's also a lot of fear and anxiety when it comes to high vata in the body. Again, the cold quality can show up as poor circulation, freezing hands and feet, muscle spasms, even things like asthma tightness of the chest, short breathing, that's really common for vata aggravation. Excessive movement as well is common of a vata imbalance. So by that I mean excessive fidgeting, scratching, picking, muscle twitching, palpitations, fast breathing, a really fast heart rate, anything that's uh, kind of has this fast motion. So now we figured out what vata aggravation feels like in the body we can now work out how to balance it using opposite qualities. So just to quickly recap again, Vata is light, cold, dry, rough, mobile, subtle. So we want to pick diet and lifestyle that has opposite qualities to that. So for diet, we would look at introducing heavier, denser, more liquid foods, more oily foods to counteract the dryness. So that could be anything from denser foods like sweet potatoes, root vegetables, medjool dates, coconut milk, warming spices, stews, curries, all those kind of nourishing, warm, oily foods that are really gonna help lubricate that dryness in the body and mind. From a lifestyle perspective, really it's about chilling out. And I found this really hard to do at first because I used to be a runner and I ran almost every day, I think because I just had this sense of restless energy that I just wanted to get outside. And what I actually realized was that it wasn't necessarily the running that I wanted to do. It was just the getting out, outside into nature, to that sense of being free like the bird. So since I've discovered iovade I haven't run for about two years and I feel so much better for it. I don't have as much joint pain. I feel more relaxed in my mind. I get less cold. My energy levels are better. So for Vata, for lifestyle, it's all about finding exercise that suits you. So maybe ditch the HIIT classes and spinning classes and 10K runs and do something softer and more gentle to bring about that grounded feeling. Any exercise that lifts you up is gonna just increase that lightness in the body. So yoga, gentle swimming, Pilates, Anything on the ground is really, really good for Vata. I'd also really recommend warm oilation of the body. Warm sesame oil is the best choice. This not only helps ground the nervous system as you gently massage it all over your body, but it also helps lubricate the joints, which Vata really, really needs to counteract that dryness. And it helps build stronger bones also. As you can see, there's so much to dissect about Vata. So if you can really relate to anything I've mentioned in this podcast and you want to understand how you can balance your Vata, please do get in touch with me because I really, really understand what you're going through. And the best part is that Ayurveda works so well to reduce Vata. And that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've learned something new and I'll see you in the next one.